most brands, good brands, are built on providing someone that you know this positive experience that makes you. It seems like you understand them, have a sort of relationship and engagement with them. If you're going to conduct a survey, why should that be any different? The world around us is changing faster than ever before. before. From automation, artificial intelligence, big data, geolocation, to every aspect of how we work and live. This includes data. Welcome, Welcome to Data Welcome. Gurus Podcast. Our mission is to bring you a real-life perspective on what's happening in the industry and how successful companies and individuals in this niche navigate through the sea of change. Encouraging you to be bold, be brave, and be fearless. Let's navigate the data ecosystem together. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Data Gurus Podcast. I'm Seema Vasa, host of Data Gurus, and my guest today is Roddy Knowles. He is the Director of Product and Innovation Research from RNOW SSI. Welcome, Roddy. Time to welcome this week's Data Guru. Thanks. Thanks for having me. How are you doing today? Uh, I, I can't complain. It's sunny in Charleston, South Carolina, and it feels like summertime, so it's all good. That's nice. Is there actually yeah. an office there, Roddy, or you are working remotely? My, my office is here, but uh, yeah, I'm the only one here, so uh, it's an office of one. Very nice. So I know I understand that you're in a new role within the company. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you focus on? Yeah, sure. So yeah, Research Now and, and SSI came together, we formed a research sciences team. So I have been on the product team for the past couple of years, and I moved over to the research sciences team, happy to be on that team with a bunch of smart people. And I continue to support the product team from a research and methodology perspective, and looking at the products that, that we're building and the methodology that underpins those things. Also thinking about how we can leverage uh, leverage technology to you know, support our products as well. I continue to do you know, some of our, our thought, thought leadership and product evangelism as well. That sounds great. That sounds like a fun role. Lots of new stuff. Yeah, it's exciting. great stuff. I can, yeah. What technologies are you seeing becoming more and more important in our space as it relates to whether it's respondent experience, data collection, the, the actual process of it, or even the collation of it? Yeah, so I, I think I, I hesitate to start here and say automation, but I, you know, because it's yeah. sort of a buzzword and we continue to talk about it, but that does underpin everything that, you know, that we're doing. So in terms of, you know, data, you know, data collection, even in terms of, you know, sampling, you know, right. data collection, you know, data processing, I hate to start throwing out buzzwords, but I mean, it is fueling stuff, you know, machine learning and stuff like that that's helping us to, to you know, work with the data and streamline the data on, on the back end. So, you know, mm -hmm. that's really the you know, technological, you know, un underpinning is helping us to do things really efficiently that we could do, you know, work through videos, you know, more more quickly to do transcriptions, to do facial coding and, and stuff like that. I mean, also, you know, it underpins stuff along the lines of, you know, actually you know, working with the data, you know, generating reports and visualizations, utilizing you know, natural language processing and generation and stuff like that. So I think there are a lot of technologies that really it's sort of the machine underneath or the machine with air quotes around that underneath those technologies, it's feeling a lot of what we're doing. I totally agree. I mean, I think that with the explosion of the data and, you know, I think everybody's super excited about what's available today and in the future that we would not be able to deliver concrete deliverables if we didn't have kind of that automation underpinning throughout the process. Oh, we could. Good. It would just take us three months and everybody That's wants right. to wait for that, right? Yeah. That's true. Right. That's true. And the, bus yeah. the business decision would have been made and we'd be in the same conversation of it's taking too long. 
Exactly. Yeah. And think about automation, you know, I, I do think the conversation is starting to shift. I'm happy that it's shifting away from automation a little bit to like what automate, what things are actually being done, not just automation for automation. Sure. Some of the technologies that, that it underpins. I'm happy to see a little bit less talk about automation and actually, you know, what it's doing for us. What do you mean? Like instead of talking about it in a broad category and really specifically? Yeah. I yeah. Think, yeah. I think, you know, a couple of years ago or, you know, last year, especially everyone just wanted to talk about automation. Right. But let's, let's not talking about automation itself as sort of, you know, the, the end, but what is it actually? doing? Why yes. are we using automation? How yes. is it improving, you know, participant quality? How is it improving data analysis? And, you know, what does that actual end result look like? Mm-hmm. I think it would just, for a time, something everyone wanted to talk about, talk about automation, because it seemed like the thing to, to talk about. And we, we could be talking about automation and, you know, auto dialing if we really wanted to talk about it. That's not that interesting. Yeah, yeah, you make a really good point. And actually, you know, I think that sometimes when we think about automation on the, you know, the intersection of the respondent engagement or experience connected to automation, it's almost, it feels like they are at at polar opposites. And, and my sense is, is that they're not necessarily, because in some ways it actually no. could improve the customization of that experience for a respondent. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, just on the, you know, the front end, making sure, you know, the right surveys are getting to the right people, right. you know, that we're targeting people and using automation to do that, that it's hitting people on the right device types. We've been doing that stuff, you know, for, for a long time. Also, can we automate pulling in other data sources, you know, mm-hmm. so we don't have to ask people every single question that improves the participant experience. So, yeah, I just, I don't think they're at odds at all. I think if you know if anything are used correctly, I think we're starting to do that as industry. It makes this experience better. Right. Yeah. I I tend to agree with you. I think you know it's funny because when we were talking about just respondent experience internally, and it's something that's you know, we're helping marketeers basically figure out how to sell more products, sell more services, retain customers, so on and so forth. And underpinning that is segmentation. And when Mm -hmm. we think about our respondents, they actually desire different experiences depending on what target segment they're on, what market segment they're Mm -hmm. in. And it's kind of really looking at it from a perspective of not employing marketing tactics per se in terms of selling and advertising, but really kind of going through the process of looking at consumers that participate in panels as different market segments and the experiences have to be different because their needs are different in participating. Have you seen stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, on, on a very basic level, it, I think it's, you know, kind of be people on their own terms, yes, right? you know, design yes. surveys and research to reach the people on the devices that they want to use, the types of engagements that they want to have. So right. you know, understanding how people are different there is critical. It's not necessarily a one size fits all, mm-hmm. which is the way that research is often designed. And, you know, okay, sometimes that happens. If it is a one size fits all, we need to sort of fit it to the least, you know, least common denominator there. Something's going to work for, you know, someone who's going to do something quickly on a mobile device. Right. Can take that through on a PC. They're going to be fine with that too, right? So, you know, if you are going to do one size fits all, let's, you know, think smartly about that. You know, think about just participant experience stuff too. It's, you know, I do think that, you know, you mentioned wanting to, you know, have, you know, a positive experience, experiences different for people. You got to think about how that shines on, you know, the brands of people conducting the research too. I know GRBN's been working on some stuff along these lines and I think yes. some really good stuff on how this actually impacts perceptions of the brand. Like your, your brand is built, most brands, good brands are built on providing someone this, you know, this positive experience that makes you, it seems like you understand them, having sort of relationships and engagement with them. If you're going to conduct a survey, why should that be any different? You know, it's, it's, it's weird. They're like the marketing department yeah. oftentimes, which is, which is marketing towards these people and trying to do all these great things. Right. When they do the marketing research and they stop caring about people all the time. <laughs> right. Well, it's well, a they, strange, it's a strange thing. It is. Well, well, they also, their their brand is not necessarily exposed in the research process many yeah. times. So it's, I think it's partially because they're not, they, they're not proud of what they're doing. 
and, and I would argue that you know, it's not as blind research is, is important for sure, but, you know, sure. exposing your brand and, you know, smart people thinking about how, you know, that can be a good thing for the brand, actually expose the brand and the research. People can be more inclined to, you know, be really engaged in the survey when they know who's commissioning it. They really care. I agree. And also, there's also the fact that, oh, they're listening to my needs. They want to understand, yeah. you know, what I want and what I don't want. So I, I think exactly. A really good effect there. There's some positive buzz by really revealing the brand and also design yeah. experience accordingly. We, we see this a lot more in, in CX too. I was at the Fusion Conference a few weeks back and it's just interesting, you know, CX people are, are doing this work because, you know, they do some blind research too, but it's mostly customer work. And right. thinking about that, that participant experience tends to be more for when it's your people. You know, it's, it's, it's your customers you have a relationship with. You're much more careful about the research that you're doing. That's nice to have that perspective. I totally agree. Let's switch topics a little bit, but back to your kind of day-to-day you have, I love the word innovation, and sometimes that's a buzzword as well. You are focused on innovation research. What does that look like for you? What types of things are you working on? Yeah, so it's, you know, oftentimes, you know, looking at like across, like I'm working with a product team primarily, looking at our different products that we have and thinking about, you know, are there either, you know, new approaches or new technologies that we want to use and how might, you know, how might that make sense? So that's typically what I'm, I'm looking at, whether that's, you know, looking at something like, you know, like video or something, you know, with automated data processing and visualization for our, our dashboards or something, you know, collecting data in a, in a, in a new way. I haven't got here yet, but I like to use it like chatbots and trying to figure out, you know, yes. ways to engage people. And, and it, really, it really runs the gamut from data collection to, you know, to data visualization and actually, you know, engaging with the data from, you know, an end user. How about, how about data integration? Uh, we continue to see more and more of that happening from third-party yeah. databases and even passive metering data. You know, we yeah. more requests pended to kind of online response surveys. What, what are you seeing there and what's your perspective on it? My perspective in short is like that's that's the future of our industry. <laughs> you know, right. if we, if we are going to stick around. And, yeah, and we will stick around. We need to be better at integrating different data sources. Where we have struggled, I think, is falling into this trap of just asking everyone every bloody question that you want to because, like, you know, it doesn't cost that much money. We have people's time, so we're just going to ask them all these questions. Right. Well, that's bad for the participant experience. Oftentimes, asking people questions that they're not that good at responding to because, you know, asking someone about their what drove their toothpaste purchase three months ago, they have no idea. You know, asking people how much, you know, they pay for, you know, insurance premiums, they like they have no idea. You know, some of these questions are just really hard to answer. So I think it's pulling in different data sources and doing that in a smart way and not just pulling it in the pending. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But thinking about like, how does that actually, how does that improve the survey? How do, how do I make the most of the time that I have with right. someone to ask the right question? So a pending data is cool. That's great. But I think you really want to think about it. Look at the data that you have and that you can get and think about, you know, how does that impact, you know, the survey instrument itself? So again, while like the pending data to, you know, pull in some data sources, pending to an existing tracker, great. Mm-hmm. Think about how they actually make that tracker and that tracker program better that's sort of the, the next step and so i mean i, I see us like the, the the survey and the asking and engaging directly with people as continuing to be important but being more strategic and existing in the context of this broader data ecosystem of varying sources you can you know pull from you know first party data that panel companies might have you know third party data from other companies a whole slew of different things we have no dearth of data Right. It's just how do we how do, how do we pull it together in, in, in a smart way? And have you guys has your organization focused on getting data scientists into the organization to be able to deal with some of this unstructured or explosion of data to help in this mission? 
Yeah, it's interesting. You know, internally, you know, I say not so much yet, but it's, mm-hmm. it's been a discussion. Usually the data scientists are on are, are, are on the client side. We'll work with them to provide the data that they need, but they're doing most of the heavy lifting with the data. But we have explored that, you know, that internally, how, you know, we can utilize the data, you know, our first party data that we collect. And, you know, mm-hmm. if, if we need some of those skills in house, it's been a conversation, but we haven't really invested in that area yet. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's something that's in our future as well as an industry to to really partner with data scientists to yeah. bring in more data sources and be able to create structure out of the unstructured data and, and add value to that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it takes a partnership there too. You know, not that all data scientists aren't storytellers, but most of them aren't. Uh, you know, yeah. so it, it's a, I think you know bringing in data scientists and partner partnership with other people who are you know can really sort of bring that data to life in new ways. So like the data scientists as part of like the research team. I think it's something that we're going to see much, much more of. I totally agree with you. And I think this data scientists would welcome it because to your point, you know, it's a multifunction team because they bring skills that traditionally our industry doesn't have. And obviously the context of business issues and research, it could really yield a great partnership. Absolutely. It's not what you're good at, too. Like, I, I don't want to be a data scientist. Yeah. Well, not without going back and doing, doing a lot of school, you know? So, like, yes. I, I want to partner with someone who has those skills. Yeah, I totally agree. So, how's the integration of the two companies going with ResearchNow and SSI? I, I think it's, it's going really well. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it's going, I think, you know, better than planned. This may sound simplistic, but the easy stuff is easy and the hard stuff is hard. So, you know, now we're at the place, you know, in, in the merger where we're entering some of our systems, which takes, you know, time and care and, and a lot of effort from our tech team. So, you know, they're really working really, really hard at stuff. But, you know, I'm happy with how things have come together as a company as a whole. You know, it's really interesting, you know, sort of be transparent, like bringing the two companies together. We've been at odds with each other for a while. Yes. You know, you know, it, it, <laughs> um, you know been, been at, at any conference with the have a bigger booth for a long time. And, right. And, you know, we're, we're, we're positioning ourselves against each other. Well, you know, when we came together as a team, we found that we have some strengths and they have some strengths. And how can right. we bring these things together and ultimately make ourselves better? And, you know, like on my team, the research sciences team, it's really interesting to have these conversations about how they approach things and you know, our point of view versus their point of view. We found out in most cases, weren't necessarily that different. There are some places that we differ. And then we get to work through these things and really right. find out what is the best approach. That part's actually been really fun. Any surprises from your perspective throughout this whole process? Surprises. Surprises I guess, or key learning? Yeah, I, I guess the key learning is sort of something similar to what, to what I, I mentioned is, is, you know, we're not as different as we thought sure. we were. You know, we were positioning ourselves against each other in different ways and doing that, you know, for tactical reasons. But mm-hmm. when it came down to it, I think, you know, again, there are some philosophical differences and, and some other things that we have to work through. Work but through. Probably more similar than different. And just being an outsider for so long and seeing SSI as other, I was a little bit surprised by that. Very cool. I know. I, I think. I think. Yeah, I, I still forget to say the whole name. That's been a tricky. Thing. <laughs> I still forget to say research now SSI sometimes. So I'm, I'm getting better at it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think with any integration or acquisition or merger, it's the cultural piece is probably the the hardest part, right? Because th- that's the soft stuff that's really hard to kind of get arms around, and it takes time because it's based on people. Yeah, absolutely. I think for a lot of you know getting to know people too. You know, again, we have different offices and getting right. people to have FaceTime with each other on on Teams and stuff like that. And you know, being several months down the road, I feel like we're in a pretty good spot there. And do you think that you know, obviously, you know, I'm chairperson of SampleCon now, and you know, there's yeah. you mentioned the other initiative that the GRBN as well. As I know there's other things percolating. What's your perspective on all of us working together and trying to kind of work on the basis of evolving our industry? 
it, it always seems like there's disparate initiatives, not, and I don't think it's bad actually. I think it's good because, you know, basically there's innovation happening in different places, but it feels mm-hmm. as if there's an opportunity for all of us to really connect together and say, how do we all rise up and make the industry better? What's your perspective I, on that? I, I totally agree. I think, you know, sort of hard to say, but I mean, it's not hard for me to say, but I guess maybe hard for some other people to say, it, 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 we, should, we all need to get along with each other a little bit more. Yeah. Um, yes, we are competing with each other, but there are certain things that we find common ground on. Right. So let's acknowledge, you know, what that common ground is and how that helps us all. And there are ways that we're all different, right? And that's what, that's what we that's what we sell on. Right. And that's what we, you know, that's how we differentiate our, ourselves. But, you know, are there things that we should be doing? And thinking back to just an experience thing, are there things that, that we should be doing to you know, improve the participant experience, to make surveys, you know, more mobile friendly, to create, you know, better research, to provide, you know, more efficient ways for people to access samples, stuff like that. We all should be on board with that sure. stuff. And the more of us that come together, I think, you know, the better. So yep, yeah, I agree. We, we should we should all get along a little more. But I mean, I don't know what you what do you think? I I think we've, we've come a long way just in the last five years at doing that. I think is there more to go? Yeah, but I feel like we made steps in the right direction. What do you think? I think I think that, that we have made some progress. I think that you know there's bits and pieces that still feel like quote unquote old school. But I think that there's acknowledgement that we have to move faster as an industry. And the way we move Mm -hmm. faster is really to get that common base that we all kind of have in common and work together versus, you know, we're stronger together than separately, basically. And I'm I'm saying more of it which is great. You know, I'm also seeing this division between are companies a tech company? Are they research companies? Are they sampling companies? And I think that's where things get caught in this kind of, I don't even want to say crossfire, confusion, if you will. Yeah, I think, you know, that's an interesting point. You know, I, I think that, you know, I don't know how you, you position your company, but you know we're we're repositioning ourselves as being you know a, a data company because sure. I think that's really who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, don't go we're a sample company anymore. Right. Uh, do we provide sample? Yeah, is it a big part of what we do? Yeah, but it's so much more than that. So I think some of it is, is, is positioning, but you know also just sort of you know acknowledging you know when the company is going in another direction, you know to to make sure that that's you know that's part of your your brand and how you're being you know how you're being perceived. So I, I think it's it's interesting. I, I'm I'm sort of curious as just how the term, you know, market research is going to sort of shift to, we continue to think about ourselves as research companies. Are we data companies? I noticed your podcast is not called market research. Yes. And that was intentional because I do think our ecosystem is bigger. It's, I don't think we're limited to online data collection or mobile. I think it's much broader. And I think data is the fuel in which we can provide real value to the industry, to clients, essentially, to drive decisions. You know, are we there yeah, I agree. yet? No, but I, I believe that's how our ecosystem will evolve. And I actually think we'll bring more people into the ecosystem versus saying, mm-hmm. no, that's not what we do. That's not what we do. We do this. I, I'd like to see a broader kind of embracing of, of a larger ecosystem, which, which is happening in places. I just even think the way SMR defines the industry, it's not based on online or qualitative. It's really just driving insights from data, mm-hmm. and value, mm-hmm. which really, I think, broadens our, our definition as an industry as well. Yeah, I agree. So, Roddy, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'd love to yeah, have you Yeah, thanks for having soon. me. Do you want to, did you want to share anything or let our listeners know about how to get in touch with you? Oh, you got to, I have to plug something, huh? Yeah, if you want um, to. Yeah. You don't have to. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> you can follow me on, tw- on on Twitter. I have some nonsense every once in a while. It's just at Roddy Knowles on, on, on Twitter. And I tend to be more active around conferences and stuff like that. Cool. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you, Seema. Take care.